You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Okay, we got we get one more group in here before we're officially going to start this episode of Broncos for Breakfast. And they're still coming online. And there we go. Welcome in, everyone. It's Thursday morning, 7.30, and it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing today, buddy? I know that we're both just, the, the coffee is just starting, so we're, this is this yeah. is pure adrenaline love that's coming through right now. No coffee. You'll, you'll be able to tell. You sh- we should, like, hold a contest. Let's tell when Scott's coffee starts kicking in. Uh, his eyes get a little brighter. Uh, things start getting a little, a little, a little more passionate. Uh, I, I don't have a mug to tell you when it starts getting empty, though. My my Walking Dead mug turns red as it starts to empty. So you can tell if I'm either drinking water, it's going to be red the whole time, or uh, or as it starts to drain, it changes colors. So I've got my today. It's it's Chelsea in honor of the Super Cup win. I know like three of you care about uh, international football, but I do care yesterday, and that's as much as I'll say about it. Well, there you go, and we'll probably cut it. Just a little bit short today because um, my parents are trying to they have their flight got canceled uh, yesterday because there's massive storms in the Midwest. And if anybody's out in the Midwest, I uh, hope you're doing well. I know they had uh, pretty dangerous storms. I know where my parents live. Uh, they got four inches of rain um, in one dumping, which is insane. That's a lot of rain in Brazil. Yeah, it was a flash flood, uh, a lot of drowned down trees and whatnot. So if you got anybody dealing with that, um, you know, thinking of you, but uh, I guess it was good for me because I got to spend an extra day with the parents. We went out to Alki Beach and laid out and uh, it was a good time. But uh, guys, welcome in. This is, of course, the Broncos for Breakfast podcast. You guys can find uh, Scott and my- Oh, isn't it going to have internet problems? It might be a really short one. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the first question so far while Nick is going and uh, he'll come back and read through these things. Um, I can't highlight it, but a small carton of milk has the uh, has a first comment on YouTube. It says, Scott, how do you like Terry so far in Atlanta? I guess Terry Fontenot was a finalist for the general manager job with the Denver Broncos. He came from the Saints, which is a little bit of, uh, you know, Raiders Broncos, maybe Chiefs Broncos. I'm not sure who you guys consider your, your bigger rival, uh, but it's definitely Saints Falcons. Uh, I've been pleased with him so far. Um, he had to work some magic under the salary cap, the 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 previous regime did not leave uh, a nice big salary cap number that uh, that the Denver Broncos have. Um, so, and and frankly, there's just not nearly as much talent as the Denver Broncos have. But I've been pleased with what he's been doing. Um, you know, there's a phrase I use all the time. It's, it's like coaches, and you can say general manager for this. They lie so much they don't even call it lying. They call it coach speak. So he won't come out and say. In fact, he said he's offended by anybody saying that it's a rebuild. But he's doing a good job of rebuilding this roster. Uh, pleased that he's here. So um, the one question I have, I would have to know what he was offered for that number four pick before I would say anything about you know how good a job he was doing because that was a big one. Uh, the Falcons aren't one player away. You know the, the 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 this is why national media. This is why you follow guys like Nick and Chad and Eric uh, and Luke and Zach. Because they know what's actually going on with your team. 
the national media are saying that Kyle Pitts was a win now move. No, 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 it wasn't. Not with that defense, not with that defensive line, not with that offensive line. So uh, if, in a full rebuild, you want to gather more picks. And if he wasn't, uh, if he turned down a big offer, then I would, I would, I would have questions there, but Kyle Pitts is a good player. He's a good building box. Nick and I talk about it all the time. When you draft a player, you're drafting for the next 10 to 15 years, not for the next season. Um, so, you know, you don't necessarily look at schemes or anything like that. And, and that's where best player available really starts to kick in, but that's what I'd want to know. What were the Falcons offered for that number four spot? What, what kind of offers did he turn down? Cause you know, he was, if he turned down that 49ers offer, then I'd give him an F <laughs> yeah. cause, uh, he, that, that was, uh, that was the dream offer right there that the dolphins got from the 49ers to trade out of that three spot. He wouldn't have gotten that offer from the three spot though, because it wouldn't have guaranteed that, um, that the 49ers got one of the three guys they wanted. Yeah, no, um, they wanted Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, it sounded like, um, but uh, they got him. And uh, I think the Falcons, there's some talk, though, the Falcons would have taken Trey Lance if he had been there at four. So uh, different conversation. It's another team that uh, questions, I mean, doesn't make sense to me. Why not Justin Fields? But uh, we're going get to get into that today, and let's give this one more go. Um, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott, of course, at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, first, please, please, please click those thumbs up, uh, smash that like button, as we like to say. Um, also, while you're over on Facebook, please go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, become a supporter, as well as milehighhuddle.com or forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, that's the number two thing you can do to help us uh, with this show. Obviously, number one is super chats, uh, superstars, super stickers, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, not everybody's always in a position to give. That's fine. We get it. I've, we've all been there. Um, but it's totally free to go to YouTube, subscribe, like, and share, especially with Viking, uh, Vikings Broncos joint camp upon us. Broncos first preseason game this weekend. Um, now is the time to make sure you're not missing anything. Also, make sure you're not missing anything. Going to YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I'm dropping it right now in the comment section here as well. You guys click any of these links. This is for Facebook. That's for YouTube, Periscope, Twitch. And Scott, I always ask you, is it senior bowl still cooking? Is it, is it um, still? I'm, actually, I got a, a nice hit on, uh, on a Dante Fowler video of Arthur mm. Smith talking about how he's going to have to earn his way back. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, in soccer, they call it the new manager bounce. You know, when you see an immediate uptick and the Falcons are in the midst of that right now, it's all love. Um, um, and things are, you know, he's, he's, he's winning the press conferences, which, you know, not everybody does. You think that's the easy part, yeah. but we've seen some guys go in there and just flub, you know, and just get off on the wrong foot. So um, I'm, I'm putting some stuff on there and then uh, start hitting some game previews, reviews, as well as, as highlights and stuff. So getting, getting back into it, football. The, the the dead period is over for as dead as it can be. It's uh it you know we got we got live football again. This is the last time you will see me on a Broncos channel. I won't say Nick because he's probably going to be on four more times, but the last time you will see me before you see a Broncos football game. That's got to be a little exciting, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, at, least, some- at least at least the not seeing me part. Willie's in here. He said he missed breakfast. Somebody get Willie a biscuit. He's going to be hangry this morning, or at least can. Well, I think we've got a winner on. Uh, Eight minutes in, the coffee's kicking in. You can tell. <laughs> there we go. I missed breakfast. Extra salty this morning. Well, Willie, uh, we'll, we'll fight that off as best as we can. You're talking about that honeymoon period too, Scott. I think we might talk a little bit about that where I might be with a little bit 
disenfranchised by some of these recent comments. But uh, let's say hello to the chat first before we get going any further. U.S. Dave's in the house. Morning from Southern Arizona. Gosh, I hope it's not too hot down there. It's going to be hot again here in uh, Seattle. I'm glad that, uh, um, well, I guess I will be doing a show on Saturday. I'll probably just be dripping sweat. So don't worry, guys. I'll just just pretend I'm doing it from a sauna. Um, Dave Glassman's in the house. Cheers, heart, heart, uh, lock. So Dave telling us where his heart lies there for the Broncos quarterback battle. Um, EJ's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. We got John Diria in the house. Uh, good morning, y'all. Can't wait for the weekend. It's almost De here. Herrera. I'm going De, Herrera. De, Herrera. De Herrera on that one. De Herrera. Herrera. John De Herrera. I'm going with Herrera on that one. Okay, I prefer it. That's a, that sounds better anyway. If it's not that, John, let us know. And uh, I like whatever it actually is. <laughs> um, U.S. Dave in the house. Wake up, Nick. We're getting there, buddy. Victor Rios, good morning, fellas. Waiting forever. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're talking about for the show. We are typically on time. Um, punctuality is key. Um, that's not always true for every every person out there, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, EJ, ready for Broncos, Vikings, exactly. James Marshall, don't recognize James. Welcome in. I hope, hope you're doing well. Man, we can't find a franchise quarterback to save our life, but we always find cornerbacks. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, this is a good segue. I think this is the way to go. Um, so recently, a couple days ago, we had an interview or a segment of an interview with NFL reporter great Peter King and Broncos' new general manager, uh, George Payton, relatively new. I guess he we've we've seen an offseason in this point. But he had a quote that I thought was pretty interesting. And there's multiple avenues we can go down this. And I just keep thinking about it because I'm having a hard time um, making it make sense to me unless he was just dancing around what he actually meant. But here's the quote I got. Um, and he's talking about uh, the Broncos taking Patrick Sertan and a cornerback over a quarterback. And the quote is, from George Payton. Plus, and this is not why we did it as far as drafting Sertan, but quarterbacks are available more than franchise corners every year, at least the last couple of years, uh, said Payton. And everyone knows that there could be a pretty big quarterback on the market next year. Aaron Rodgers would be a great fit in Denver. He'd be a perfect fit in Denver, which has enough draft uh, players and capital to go get him. So he's talking about just the quote that uh, it's harder to find a franchise cornerback than it is to find a franchise quarterback, and that being a potential one of the potential reasons the Broncos took Patrick Sertan over the likes of a Mac Jones or a Justin Fields and uh, Scott I know that your team especially the Falcons cover uh, watching the Falcons loving the Falcons that has a hard time finding these cornerbacks it feels like for the last 15 years but uh, your thoughts on what uh, Peyton had to say there here's what I heard um, here I'm gonna do my my hand puppet here here's what I heard uh, we like Sertan better than anybody who was available at nine, and moving up was too expensive. Done. <laughs> All right, guys, you we'll see you tomorrow. Translator for this. I mean, like I said, the, the coaches and, and general managers and personal guys, even when they're telling the truth, they're lying. I mean, yeah. they're 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 covering it up. You know, I mean, it's like I said, we don't even call it lying anymore. But they don't nope. tell the truth. They don't tell you. They they're they're poker players. You know, they're, they're, they're holding their cards back. They're, they're not, which is bluffing. What's another word for bluffing? Lying. So I don't believe anything that these guys say publicly for the most part, unless they're trying to motivate somebody. And then there's still, there's always, there's always other uh, reasons. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivations behind what they have to say um, than what you actually hear. So, you know, if, if Trevor Lawrence is sitting there at nine, he wasn't taking Patrick Sertan. No. So, you know, it was probably too expensive to move up. Sertan is a great player and a great pick, and we liked him better than we like Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Great. Yep. Great. 
and, and the other part of that question was the other part of that comment, Nick, was we felt we owed it to Drew Locke to uh, we owed it to Drew Locke to give him a legit shot at being the starting quarterback. Okay, that that could be partially true, um, but that's also something you put on to help build Hill's confidence. The long and the short of it is, it was too expensive to move up, and we didn't like Justin Fields um, or Mac Jones better than Patrick Sertan. Now I'm going to throw some. I'm going to throw Drew Locke some love. You know, in the back of their mind, in the backroom conversations, they're saying, "If he doesn't get it done, we got to get a quarterback." Yep. So I mean, it, you're always as a general manager, you're always looking at three possible outcomes. All right, if, if Fangio's got to go tomorrow, who's on my list? If Drew Locke goes down, who's on my list? If Drew Locke doesn't get it done, who's on my list? So, but it doesn't hurt to give him a vote of confidence, the dreaded vote of confidence, and that's why it's called the dreaded vote of confidence because it's BS. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt anything to say, listen, we want to give this guy a shot. We've gone through this on previous pods that, you know, he's 18 games into a career that was interrupted by COVID with no preseason. He did, he had some pretty good numbers at Missouri. You know, yeah. we've seen he can he can do it. Let's give him a chance. You know, the, the, the part the hard part of this, Nick, though, is the rest of this roster is so good that you don't want to take a chance at the quarterback position. But yep. drafting a rookie wouldn't have fixed that. Dr- drafting no. a rookie wouldn't have fixed that this year. Probably not. Uh, there would have been an, um, an, uh, bleh, an anomaly, but it also would have been an anomaly banking on Locke. So, or it is would be a, is an anomaly if he becomes a top 10 quarterback this season. So we'll see. The biggest one for me, though, it's just, I feel it's pretty disingenuous to say the cornerback versus franchise quarterback kind of argument because, so let's, let's even parse this through a little bit uh, further where you have um, the cornerback position. Sorry, my dog's restless and running, uh, doing circles over here if you hear him. Um, the cornerback position, he's saying it's easier to find a franchise quarterback than a franchise cornerback recently. Okay, let's say that's true. So you, in a vacuum, you're saying that top pick you took has a higher chance to bust and not hit and not become a franchise cornerback because there are no guarantees. No matter what anybody says, there are no guarantees. Trevor Lawrence could bust, um, and he was generational. Um, so now you're saying that you're picking against the odds higher for a position that is significantly less valuable than the quarterback position. Um, because recently we've seen, I mean, we saw it last year with uh, Jeffrey Okuda and CJ Henderson, small sample size. I know, but those guys really struggled last year um, compared to some of these rookie quarterbacks that are coming in and lighting it up. So now you're talking about a longer odd shot of getting that outcome that you want as the franchise cornerback for something that's maybe half as valuable. If that. Well, and, and Nick, we've talked about this before that the development of the one sport player, and they're not even necessarily one sport players, but, Think of all the pressure and all of the throws that quarterbacks have made by the time they are rookies in, in, in the mm-hmm. NFL. You know, they're playing year-round now. They're playing in seven-on-sevens year-round, especially in the in the southern states. Um, that they're they're farther ahead in their development, nutrition, size, uh, athleticism, and then their ability to to process because they've been they've seen the game for so much more. It's not just like Okay, I'm going to play football from. We'll, we'll show up for two days in August, and we're going to be done. We're going to be done at Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to play basketball, and then I'm going to run track or play baseball, and then in summer I'm going to goof around with my friends. Now these guys are playing football 12 months a year, so yeah. the the investment and the return on that investment is sooner for the for the most part for the guys that can play. You, you kind of know what you have sooner than you used to. Absolutely. Before we get back to it, let's say hello to the, some more of the chat here. Jeremy Sean coming in. Morning, guys. Morning to you. Jeremy Sean also saying Raiders historically are the rivals, but it's really whoever is the best in the AFC West at the time. So Chiefs right now. Um, Everybody hates the Raiders. That was yeah. that was kind of what it was. I, I read 
John Matuzak's book uh, when I was a kid, cruising with the twos and just talking yeah. about like basically everybody hated the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, including the NFL. They were bullies um, playing on the edge, uh, playing to the echo of the whistle. Right. Um, but uh, I hate the Raiders the most. I don't hate the Chiefs as much. Um, if Patrick Mahomes was a more hateable character, I probably would. Or Andy Reid. Neither of them are. But I mean, they have Tyree Kill, who I just. The Raiders have just been so in- insignificant for so long. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time the Raiders put any kind of sustain- sustained success out? Early 80s? I mean, it's been 30 they, years. They made the Super Bowl in 2001, but, right? You know, or 2002? The, again, that's almost, that's 20 years ago already. It really is. Don't say that, that out loud. That was kind of a fluke, wasn't it? it wasn't, was that Gruden's year and then he was gone? Yeah, with Rich Gannon. Yeah, um, yeah, and they got beat by Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Raiders fans living in the past. I feel like they're getting, it's getting like the sad, funny part. And I, I really enjoyed that for many years with the, uh, the Chicago Cubs um, as well. So uh, I'm enjoying it now with the Raiders. Joey Richards in the house. Football's almost back. Let's go. U.S. Dave's also in the house. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Little shout out um, to Greece. If, uh, for, those of those, for those of y'all that remember that over the PA and, and the movie Greece. I'm sure Jeremy does. Jeremy gets every quote I, I mentioned here, even if it's offhand. So appreciate having Jeremy in here to, to at least one person understands when I make some off topic quote like, like, uh, like U.S. Dave just did. U.S. Dave's always in here for the quotes. Loving it. Greg Smith is also always in here. Good morning, fellas. Still getting used to the 630. That's okay. Greg, um, aloha, of course. Um, and we got Malcolm Brown in the house. Hello from Ogden, Kansas. Home. Oh, he's in uh, Kansas again instead of Alaska, so that's good to hear. Home of the Wildcats and my wild grandchildren. Good to hear. Linda from Fort Collins. Hello, Linda. I love Fort Collins, one of my favorite cities uh, out there. And uh, there you go, Scott. You got it right. Let's hear yeah, it one more time. I've, I've got about 10 years of Spanish in me. So that's why I say Patton all the time. It's the Peyton. You know, it looks like Patton to me. I'm, I'm, I'm more with the, the, the soft A unless there's an indicator in there. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I took French. Big regret. Um, Peter Middleton in here. Hey, everyone. Good to hear. Good to see you, Peter. In the shop saying he's been at work for four hours already. Well, hopefully you've had Before your coffee. Lunch. Yeah, gosh. Ugh. Um, Tom. Tom sent it in the house. Yes, finally made it a live show. Just finished work. Hi from Wales. Love the show, guys. Good to see you from Wales, man. That's that's a way across the way. That's great to hear. Um, we got uh, CC's in the house as well. Morning. Hope you all doing great. Good to see Mark Lindmode is in the house. Go Broncos. Haven't seen Mark before, so good to have you in here. Uh, Aaron J. Also, I'm a Broncos fan from Portland, Oregon, uh, Pacific Northwest. Hey, hello to Portland. Hopefully, it's not going to be too hot and smoky down there this week, like it is for you this week or for me this week. So. Uh, Holding out hope on that one. Um, hope it won't be too bad. Robert Caslow's in the house. What's up, Broncos Maniacs? Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, good to see Peter Middleton saying nice stars here. Um, Peter, which uh, we got maybe it's Michael's this one. Let us know which one, Peter. Um, we got Miguel also saying, Sup, guys, if tides raise all ship, do you think Drew can elevate Teddy? Um, Miguel, I think it's honestly the uh, I think it's the other way around if you're going to see ele- any elevation. Teddy's a steady veteran. Uh, he's been there. He knows what's doing. And this is probably some of the first uh, competition Drew's had since freshman year of college, like real competition. So if anybody's having their game risen because of what's going on around them, I think it's Teddy rising Drew up. Yeah. And it's funny. I, that's how I read it. I'm, I'm so, my brain is so used to thinking that Teddy pushing Drew to raise Drew. That's how I read it. I'm like, Oh wait, no, he said it the other way around. So, so yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, definitely, I, I'd go, it, it's Teddy that's to push Drew and we've seen it already. Um, you know, we don't know that Drew wouldn't have done those things anyway as a as a, a maturing professional. 
but having Teddy Bridgewater come in to push him is is going to be is a good thing. And we've we've seen some returns on that already with with uh, the work he's put in in the off season. Yeah, absolutely. And whoever gave the stars, appreciate the heck out of you. <laughs> um, I'll just assume it's Peter because he's always super generous with the stars. Um, EJ saying there's no heck cornerback is ranked higher than a quarterback. Give me a break. Anyone that knows football doesn't believe that. And uh, I think this is something else I wanted to touch on here when it comes to this this topic. There's a difference between scarcity does not only make value. Scarcity is a part of what creates value in the league. But like there's only how many left-footed kickers in football. Really scarce, right? That doesn't mean they have big value because they don't have big impact. So let's even though the quarterback position itself, let's say there's been better, a higher rate of uh, young franchise quarterbacks coming out than young franchise cornerbacks recently. Scarcity, one part of the equation. You also have the actual impact on the game, and then it's head and shoulders, quarterback over cornerback. So um, I don't know what Peyton was getting at there. This was probably one of the dumber things uh, he's, that's come out of his mouth so far. I don't think he believes it. He's just kind of making, you know, just kind of a, uh, and he's, I think he's been pretty, it was pretty disheartening, honestly, to, to hear him say that. Cause like, this doesn't, this doesn't make a lick of sense. I agree with you. It's not at, it's just pure uh, front office talk where there's really, it's hot air coming out um, than actual points, but uh, give me a break, right? I, I agree with you. I don't, give I don't me a break. typically concern myself following recruiting. I don't, I don't worry about what people say, honestly. Yeah, I worry about. I watch what they do. That's going to tell you what their motivation is, and what he did was show me that he wasn't sold on Justin Fields or or uh, or Mac Jones, which is fair, you know. And, yeah. and the other part we said about this is it only takes one. It only takes one person. The Chicago Bears felt good enough to trade up a, a good bit. Uh, yeah, they gave up a good bit to go get Justin Fields. That doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't we'll find out if they are or not. Uh, if Trey Lance had fallen there, maybe. Um, I was a little surprised they didn't take Justin Fields, you know, to, to be honest yeah. with you. But I wasn't necessarily surprised that they took Patrick Sertan. We've been talking about him for all winter leading up to the draft. Yep. And again, if I think if Trey Lance was available, they would have done it. Or if Trey Lance had fallen to six, um, there were some rumblings that the Broncos had a deal in place with the Miami Dolphins uh, to move up and take a Trey Lance if that happened. So, um, Really, the long and short is uh, the Broncos did not like uh, Justin Fields as much as uh, the Broncos or as much as a lot of the fans did, including myself. Um, There was some concern about the epilepsy, for sure. That was part of it. Um, And there was probably some stuff that was uh, um, in regards to high. I've I've heard stuff about him being somewhat high maintenance on the personality front. um, And that was so much of a scare. But God, gosh darn, you're telling me Peyton Manning or uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is in high maintenance? Mid- yeah. They're, they're all pretty Madonnas. Yeah. Um, the, one of the guys that we talked about a lot, sorry to shift gears on this, but was just no, thinking okay. about the the draft and some of the questions was Caleb Farley or Fairley. You have yeah. to help me out with that one. Um, Caleb Farley. 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 Caleb Farley. Um, he's, uh, he, he's having some big boy time in Tennessee right now. Uh, I guess he pouted after a rep and he hasn't, he's not playing uh, at Tennessee. And he, I didn't realize he only played 23 games. So he, he had two big injuries, not just the back, but also something else in 2017. So you want to talk about risks. I'm pretty happy. The Broncos took Sertan. I liked him better anyway, just because he was more physical, but fairly uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if he can, if he can uh, man up a little bit for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, no, he's the question is, it wasn't it wouldn't just be fairly in that regard. It would be fairly plus a first round pick because of that bears the bears uh, trade. They called up the Broncos at nine and uh, having that 2022 first on top of fairly or 
if you're interested in this, maybe a Greg Newsome. Um, that's more of the topic uh, at hand. But, you know, I'm really excited for Sertan in general. Like, in a vacuum, he's going to be great. And uh, Michael Ma- Ronquillo, thank you very much mm-hmm. for the stars, buddy. That's uh, that always, you are always very helpful. Always also very positive in the on Twitter afterwards, actually hitting us up on our uh, scout, our, our at handles here. Um, so we appreciate that a heck of a lot. Um, but you're totally right. And uh, CC coming in here saying, if you don't love a prospect, why draft him? Broncos didn't love uh, Paxton. They liked him. Peyton loves Sertan. I'm sure other teams love Fields and like Sertan. Each GM is different. And uh, that's a great point. That's Patrick Sertan, no matter what. PS2, baby. Um, absolutely. And uh, Antonio Jones coming in here. Good morning, Antonio, saying a shutdown corner definitely makes a quarterback think twice before throwing that direction. Look at Champ Bailey. And you're totally right there, Antonio. But um, let's think about Champ Bailey's career and what the Broncos did with having arguably one of the top three cornerbacks of all time during Champ's peak seasons in Denver versus just the four short seasons of having Peyton Manning, right? Like if you, if it's all the same and both are hall of fame levels, quarterbacks probably got 10 times as much impact on the game than arguably the best quarterback of all time. So you're betting on, it's kind of, it's this, it's the same argument. It's giving me that probably one reason I'm a little bit triggered by it. It's because it's the same stuff with uh, Bradley Chubb versus a quarterback in the 2018 draft, right? Like Bradley Chubb, Best, safest defensive player in the game. He's been a blue chip player. He's a core building block. That's fine. You were afraid to take a swing on somebody like Josh Allen, and here we are, still, well, you know, piddling. You can you can hit on the comment from from Willie because um, yeah, let's do it. He's, he's put this in. He says he said a franchise cornerback and a quarterback. Yep. So basically, saying that you already we're taking a guy that we firmly believe is going to be a franchise corner. We're sure about Sertan. We're unsure about the other positions. Now, the ones that we keep talking about in comparison, and, and again, there's risks everywhere, but if I'm sure about this guy, if I'm sure about Sertan to a degree of 95%, and I'm only half at these other guys, we keep talking after the fact. Yeah. We keep talking about guys that have already made it. Yeah, so exactly. we're not talking about, you know, if, if I've got a chance, they offer me Justin Herbert for that pick, do I trade that the rights to, to Patrick Sertan for Justin Herbert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I make that no trade. You know, I I make that trade. So we're we're talking about prospects here, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's I don't the quarterback isn't necessarily too much of a crapshoot, but these quarterbacks, in in the opinion of 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 Peyton, you did it. (laughs) Were too much of a crapshoot. weren't worth taking it when I can get I can I can lock up my secondary for a while. But you know, coming coming back, uh, you know, I'm not sure who the quarterbacks were for for Champ Bailey. But, you know, Deion Sanders is another one of the best cornerbacks ever. He didn't elevate the Falcons on the field the way Mike Vick did when, no. when he came in. Um, you know, talking about, you know, Mike Vick was for, for a while. Deion Sanders was the best player at his position. Mike Vick was the best player at his position. And there was a there, they needed help. Would have been nice if they could have played together. But, um, yep. you know, there's it's definitely I don't think anybody's making that comparison. It's just a matter of. We're talking about guys that are already franchise quarterbacks being more valuable. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you don't know that. And, and if you don't feel like that, that certain, or uh, I'm sorry, that Fields and Jones are the guys, you don't want to put yourself in a hole with a first round no. pick. Again. You know, that's that that you don't you don't want to make that move. And there's no way Sertan was going to fall any lower than two more spots. So he was going next. Ten, instead of those other two guys, that that was where you had to get him. He was going to go ten. The Cowboys were going to take him. The Cowboys were apparently shocked um, that uh, 
both cornerbacks went eight and nine and that left him scrambling and they traded back and took edge rusher Micah Parsons apparently based on the uh, Hall of Fame game from doing anything from there and Sertan's safest pick in the draft at nine absolutely but at some point you know you you're not going to hit the jackpot if you're always playing at the kiddie table right you got you got to put the put chips on the table I'm not much of a gambler other than sports but uh, I, I and I've already told you my philosophy I always expect to lose you yeah. know, you're not going to find anything more cynical than a Cleveland born Atlanta sports fan. So I, ex- I expect to lose. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I agree with you. Uh, but again, missing on a quarterback that high is devastating. It's, it's devastating to your team. So yep. if you're not sure, don't, yep. you know, you got to be, you got to be, I mean, you're never sure, but you got to really like a guy and not just talk yourself into it. I really like Justin Fields. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean you're right, but he would have been gone at two for me. Yeah, probably. And uh, we got a big one here from uh, Travis, but it's superstars. So we're going to hundred percent get to it. Uh, Travis says, good morning, Nick and Scott Broncos country. Nick, are you wishing that you were still in Iowa with the game with the Yankees and white Sox? Uh, I love Iowa city. Uh, Miss the going to the Iowa football games, but I am absolutely loving Seattle. So uh, I would say no to that one. Um, as to the cornerbacks or quarterbacks available, are more available as to draft um, available. I think it's all depending on the team need and how they rank the players on their draft board. I know it's still being brought up by fans about fields, but it's done and gone. Um, yep. It, it is uh, time will tell Peyton was wrong for not drafting fields. Nobody actually knows how a player is going to turn out, but the moment S well, Travis um, it cut off there and I cannot see anymore, but uh, thank you for the stars. Um, you're right. It's, it's come and gone, but I, the moment the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb in 2018. I sat down and wrote an article saying Bradley Chubb can be great. His success uh, and the success of that draft pick will always be if the Broncos figure out the quarterback position between now and then and how good either Josh Rosen, uh, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson be because even if Bradley Chubb turns into a all-pro uh, edge rusher, which certainly possible, you're wandering the desert still at quarterback. Um, so it's going to be tough going to be tough but i'm again this is not to take away from patrick sertan at all um, i've been talking with uh andrew mason recently and he's saying you know it's just like the quarterbacks they, you know they're great they're fine it's fine we're having it's a better competition than we've had in a bit but it feels like the actual outcome itself is an inevitability where we're going to be at the same point again a year from now where it's like we have not figured it out yet we're still uh waiting water trying to figure out the quarterback position and it's exhausting then we got, then we got another six months of aaron Rodgers talk so we're good <laughs> gosh it probably it's gonna be something like Kirk cousins or matt ryan i just i feel it in my bones something safe that's not as expensive um but uh we'll see um we'll see i want to get to um the broncos vikings joint practice here before we get going any further but let's say hello to everybody in the chat uh brent weber morning everyone good to see you brent um it's obviously great to see you and peter also uh, thank you peter for letting us know who did it um that would be great um ej good point saying uh, Jeremy Pratton said that to the media, but that's not the reason he passed on fields. He's talking about um, a position being somewhat of a crapshoot. And we got Malcolm Brown coming in here with the $2 uh, super chat. Uh, who are the worst two coaches in the NFL? I know he was fired already, but I'm just going to say Adam Gase two times. Um, I see, I'm, when I think of worst coaches, I like to think of people who either have lost like institutional control or somebody who is doing the least with the most. Um, so, and also I'm going to give a break to anybody who was just hired that we don't have any data on just yet. So one of the worst coaches, in my opinion, is probably Cliff Kingsbury. 
Um, how he failed up to that Arizona job is pretty damn incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a, that's one that comes to mind. Another worst coach in the NFL, somebody doing the most with the least. Do you have any Scott that come to mind for uh, you? Let's just, I, when you talk about doing the, the, the less with the most, who still has a job in the NFC East? Every oh, single gotcha. team finished under 500. You know, let's just start there and, and start rattling off names. Yeah. Mike, I guess yeah, Mike McCarthy would be the other big, one. Those are big money, high profile franchises that, you know, we're not, we're not talking about the Carolina. We're not talking about the NFC South with the Carolina yeah. Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, and New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are experiencing golden age, but historically, throw the Buccaneers in there. Yeah. Four of the worst franchises in the history of the game. We're talking about the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles. You know that, yeah. that the fact that all four of those finished under five hundred, and I know they have to play each other, so they beat up on each other. But still, come on, that's yeah. that's that's bad. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, Mike McCarthy comes to mind as well. Um, he did so little doing the most of the least talking about it. I mean, yeah. what, yep. Yep. Exactly. He's the Cowboys, right? So, yep. and uh, he, what he did with green Bay. And then immediately you see Matt LaFleur go there and um, get the Packers. I think back to back NFC championships, Mike McCarthy looked really unheralded there with the, uh, with that. And Ben, we'll get back to you real quick, but we got to get in here. Pobby in the house. God, it's been a minute, Pobby. Hope you're doing well. I uh, hope, talking about the storms earlier hopefully you didn't get too hit too bad uh there in beautiful iowa i know that you guys got dumped on not the same as the derecho that we had almost a year ago to the day where we had 140 mile an hour winds um across the plains there there's picture it was a low pressure system there's pictures of silos that are collapsed on themselves because the pressure change was so quick um weather's crazy man <laughs> but good morning guys White has a good bit about people acting tough in those storms it's like it's not that the wind is blowing 140 miles an hour it's what the wind is blowing at 140 miles an hour. You're not going to be so tough with a Volkswagen sticking out of you. Yeah. So, it's, but Bobby, uh, awesome. Welcome back. Yeah. We missed you. God bless you. Uh, good morning, guys. So glad football is back. We're glad that you're back, Bobby. Um, and she says, go Broncos, of course. Um, hopefully everything is doing well. Yeah, Bobby, you are a star. Um, so supportive. It's uh, it's amazing to see that. And it, man, thank you so much. Um, back to that conversation. Zach Taylor is another one that comes to mind as far as a guy doing the least there uh, the Bengals roster is pretty not great um but that's a good one as well I'm hesitant I mean Dan Quinn's still in the NFL but Dan Quinn blew statistically impossible leads multiple times I mean like where you start seeing the after effect the odds of the Falcons losing this game were 10,000 to one we did it about five times so we need to start recalculating those odds based on the Dan Quinn factor yeah, and in the shop with Willie saying um, $2 super in the shop with Willie with the double super chat day. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it, Willie. I'm, yeah, for sure. Willie Willie's a nice guy. Sometimes he's a little bit salty and prickly. Um, so am I? We get all, we, we, as, he, as we start like going through our, our different likes and dislikes, we got a lot in common. No wonder I don't like myself either, man. <laughs> uh, but he says, I'm more confident in Sertan than Lawrence Day 1. Uh, I guess look at it like this. You have a, a dice roll where um, if you hit one or six, the player is a hit and you get 20 bucks or you have a double dice roll where if you hit one or 12, you make, you know, $5,000. Am I, which one am I going to do? I have a better chance of winning the 20, but the payout for the other one, even though my odds are lower, it's, it's the different ratios there. So uh, well, I just have a hard time a with that. easier to play early as a corner. Yes. And it's you know, it's easier there's, to there's a see lot it. less on your plate as a corner. <clears throat> I don't know if, if you heard the story about 
uh, Deion Sanders when he showed up with the Dallas Cowboys. Did you, did you ever hear this story? No. Where they're, he's sitting in his first team meeting and they're going through diagrams and stuff on the big whiteboard and stuff. And, and this could be urban legend, but I believe it. Yep. And Deion stands up. He's like, ho, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. He walks up to the board and circles the receiver. He goes, I got that guy. And he went and sat down. <laughs> you know? yep. I mean, not a whole lot of schemes need to be known there. So it's a lot easier to play early as a corner than a quarterback. So the, the fact that these guys are having more early success as quarterbacks goes back to where we started at the, at the beginning of the pod. They are so much more trained, private quarterback coaches, nutritionists, 12 month a year football than they used to be that it, I think it's, it's easier now than it used to be to, 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 uh, to play early, but corner is definitely an easier position to make a, to make an impact early than quarterback, at least to succeed early. It's also probably a somewhat easier position to evaluate because it's based on factors that are far more measurable than yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. Position. Qu- quarterback and linemen are the two toughest linemen because uh, they mature at such a different, different level. You know, yep. the, 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 that's why you get, you get so many linemen coming out of smaller schools where skill players are always coming. When, when they go across, you're watching Monday night football and they start saying their names. It's like you get to the offensive line. And it's like Boise state, uh, New Mexico, Southern, Central Iowa, and then you get to the receiver, and it's like LSU, Texas, USC, Georgia, Florida, Ohio State. You know, linemen are born, or, or skill players are born, and linemen are built. But quarterback, it's so much of the intangibles that you cannot measure that it's 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 really hard. You can tell it's the it factor, but how do you how do you quantify the it factor? And how do you quantify? You know, kickers are even worse. I can go find hundred guys and kick a fifty-five yard field goal. I need to find the one that can do it with 80,000 people breathing down his neck, you know? So that, that one's even worse. hundred percent. Uh, we got Ben Bunce coming in here saying, here's the issue. We are now in a position where we get Aaron Rodgers or bust next year. We will be drafting in the late teens, early twenties. Maybe we'll see no guarantees. Um, that's not a high probability of finding a franchise guy. Also, I got to say, I've just been talking with some people, but also doing some of my own work with the next year quarterback class. I do not see it. Every single one of these guys, I'm just maybe, and maybe it's because last year's quarterback class was so talented at the top um, that I'm using that as the bar. But every single quarterback that I've watched so far this year has left me majorly wanting in some area or another. I'm just, I am not impressed with any of them. It feels I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Spencer Rattler. I, I am. Okay. I mean, yeah. We'll he's, he's one. Yep. I haven't watched a lot of guys, but the arm talent that that kid has is it's pretty special. Uh, and Ben, uh, where was, where was Ben's comment again? Um, I lost it. I'm playing. That's something I wanted to uh, in the position. Oh, Aaron Rodgers bust. Now here to me, you just said something that was a little contradictory. If you're drafting in the late teens, early twenties. Okay. Let's say you're at 24. That means you were the ninth best team. You're not going to be the ninth best team without good quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Better, much better quarterback play. So if you get much better quarterback play, you don't necessarily need to go get a quarterback. You're, yeah. you're seeing the progression you want to from, from Drew Locke. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, we've said this before, if it's Teddy that leads the team, then yeah, you're going to, but it's not an emergency. You could go Teddy yeah. one more year. You could go Teddy two years. 2023, you're going to be looking to maybe draft a guy and, and build for 2023. But if you're got the 24th pick, you got considerably better quarterback play. Yeah. Right. Uh, I guess it really depends on the context of it. Uh, you would say most likely the quarterback play improved a lot, but um, we're not very far removed from the Jacksonville Jaguars going to the AFC championship with Blake Bortles. We're not that far removed from the Mitch Trubisky led Chicago bears leading the NFC and wins in one season. So um, you can win a single season 
with a great defense and stuff around that quarterback. Um, but it's not sustainable if your quarterback is stale. I mean, we're, we're talking about it's it, you've got we're looking for progression. You're not yeah. going to be there if your quarterback play is 30, 31, 32 again, are you? You know, I mean, we, we have not. to go back and look at those numbers, but I would think that the, the, the players you mentioned weren't bottom 10 percent that mm-hmm. year. Right. I'm not yeah. saying they're franchise guys, but they were serviceable right now. You take serviceable. Yeah. Serviceable would be an improvement. Uh, Vinny J. Good morning. Broncos country from Nevada, literally hiking up the mountain with my Husky while listening to y'all. That's a uh, man. You're speaking to me right now, Vinny J. That sounds like uh, heaven on earth. I would uh, let me join you next time. Dogs and mountains. Oh God. What else? Now we just need a few IPAs coffee. Oh, there we go. That's another one too. Um, we got Travis coming back in with some more stars. Uh, Peyton made Gase sought out as a head coach. Very true. And nothing against Fangio, but I hope he does better with his time management and times outs. That's been my major uh, peeve with him. Help and me, help me out here. Who's Dabble? The people to, I thought they were misspelling Dabo Sweeney and they're just like, but I've seen it now enough times that Dabble has to be somebody different. Brian Dabble is the uh, offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. And okay. he, everybody thought that he was going to get a big gig last year. Cause he's running a very fun offense. That's mixing a lot of, uh, college spread concepts with kind of some power football and a lot of vertical shots. Um, and uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be hired this last cycle. And for whatever reason he wasn't, I also think he has some uh, Alabama ties as well. He worked under Saban for a little bit. Um, so he's one that well, I, I'm really shocked that he went Sweeney went to Alabama. So now I'm really confused. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but as far as Travis's comment, thank you very much, uh, Travis. Um, the one thing I will say is that, the time management, you do hope it gets better, and that's something you hope Fangio is working on. Um, maybe having an analytics guy in his ear or something like that to work with time management. Um, See, but it's the easiest part of the game. I know. Yes, it you is. Know, and when to go for two? How do they keep screwing that up? Yeah. <sighs> Coaches, man, trusting their intuition versus the, well, I always the data. I, I, as a recruiting guy coming up through with, you know, when the basically the industry was just getting started, I got a lot of, you're not a coach. What the hell do you know? I'm like, yep. I know that of the thousands and thousands of coaches out there in this world, I have to be smarter than at least one, at least mm-hmm. one of them. Cause you know, I help let these guys cheat off my paper to get through school to begin with. So, you know, there's, there's some coaches even at the make it to the highest level that just do some really stupid stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to bring somebody who has, you know, other world experiences to bring a different perspective and shake things up. You know, that's, it's always good to have somebody with experience as well, but there are different levels of experience and uh, worldviews that can challenge things. It's why uh, diversity is so important in different fields. Um, so we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in here saying, uh, sorry, I missed you guys. Just sending some love, Gary. It's okay. Yeah. There's no such thing as being late. Uh, you didn't miss us. You arrived just in time. Um, I'd say in that regard for my Lord of the Rings fans out there, you know, Gary Leeds Palmer is never late or early arrives precisely when he means to. And uh, we appreciate you for that, Gary. Are you a big Lord of the Rings guy, Ben? Or, or Scott? Are you? Uh, are you out of it? You no, I mean, I, I haven't done it, but I've read. I've read all four of those books multiple times when I was younger. So, uh, was very pleased with how Peter Jackson handled the uh, the first three. I didn't think the Hobbit needed to be a trilogy, but uh, no, that, um, God, that that was a little overkill. But yeah, I, I read all. I read all those books multiple times. Yeah. Yes, very, very good. I got my grandparents got me a leather bound ones for Christmas because I was so obsessed with them. So sitting over there on the bookshelf. Beautiful. Um, and you're definitely right. I think Spencer Rattler, you're, you made a good point. He's one that actually has the uh, 
the tools that make yeah, sense the there. Talent. You know, you yes. worry about it, it. We do pro comparisons. I go old guys all the time, but you mm. know, I see, I see Matt, Matt Stafford a little bit in him, mm. you know, his ability to get velocity on the ball from multiple angles mm. uh, is Stafford esque, you know, Stafford. I once had a, a discussion with someone as they were slating me for saying this guy didn't have a very strong arm. Well, he just won the longest throw contest. I'm like, that's a javelin toss. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on your back foot and you're skipping the ball on an out route, you don't have enough arm. Uh, this guy can put velocity on the ball from anywhere. And, and Stafford was like that. You know, he can he can sidearm it. He can back foot it. He can roll one way, throw the other. Rattler's got an arm like that. It's it's pretty special. We saw that out of Trey Lance. Yep. You know, what, what can Trey Lance and Zach Fields do? Those guys have... Well, and Justin Fields. I mean, yeah. This was a this. But I, I think he's got the tools to play in the same playground with those guys yes. that were were high draft picks this year. The other one I think that has a chance to maybe put it together is Malik Willis, but he's got a ways to go with his uh, touch and whatnot. But as far as the actual requisite tools, I see it there. And Carson Strong has a good arm. Um, I think he navigates the pocket decently well. It's just, I, I'm probably not taking a quarterback that is purely pocket bound except like the last like five picks of the first round. And I think if you want Carson strong from what I've seen and based on how bad the 2022 quarterback class looks right now, um, you're probably gonna have to take him earlier than that. If you want a shot at him. So obviously we got a whole year of football here where the data is going to change. We're going to have a better idea of these players, new analysis. Um, but that's where I sit right now. So we'll, we'll see where it comes. Um, we'll come there. Oh, let's see. Here we go. Vinny, I'm sitting on a hill doing my best Gandalf with my wooden piece. <laughs> there you go. That's uh that's great, man. Those, I need to, my wife, God bless her, uh, over the winter, we watched the all the extended versions of The Lord of the Rings. She's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And the other, what's going on in the world? It's like, all three of the extended Lord of the Rings. We're doing it, babe. Live it up. Happy, happy birthday. That's only that's only like asking for 12 hours. Oh, right? you're, uh, you're office space. See, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. You're, that, that's a bum. You, you want to be a bum. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> that's such a good movie. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, Malik... Malik Howell and Sam Howell's arm, arm talent is big time too. I don't think Sam Howell's arm is actually that good. I think it's like it's 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 middle of the pack in terms of the NFL, um, in my opinion. Same with Drew Locke. Like Drew Locke's arm, it's not top eight in the NFL. It's in that like eight to twelve category, which is really good, it's no enough. doubt. Yep. It's enough. enough. Um, but that's one reason I was banging the table to take a shot on him in the draft. Right. Like I, I wanted to take a shot on Drew Locke um, versus or Kyler Murray didn't have a shot at that one. Um, quickly found that out. Um, but uh, yeah, um, real quick, because we do got to get I do have to get out of here soon to say goodbye to my parents and send them off on the Uber to the to the airplane air- again <laughs> next friends, year. Man, where are your priorities? Um, but uh, the one I want to get on is uh, just talking about um, practice yesterday. Um, some key takeaways. Uh, Sounds like Teddy uh, did beat out um, Drew Locke somewhat yesterday probably the most important practice so far to get an idea there. So I know our last episode on Tuesday, we said Chulak was just starting to uh, hedge uh, leading Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. I think after yesterday's practice, just from what I've seen from who I've talked to, we're dead square again. It's a dead even. Um, and, so and we, uh, we were not surprised. We both call no. it who was going to start the game. Who's going to start Drew the game Locke. on Saturday, the incumbent. Yeah. It's even yep. you go with the incumbent and then they're going to switch them. Uh, that that's, that's standard SOP. Yep. Exactly. Oh, SOP. Don't give me that. I'm, I work in uh, clinical trials. That's a, that gives me a chill down my spine. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, goodness, um, the other takeaway was the defense looked really good. Um, the one that actually is concerning me and it's starting to, I've been banging the table for a little bit that the Broncos offensive line, the last four, three, three years, honestly, it's not 
you know, this detrimental unit that makes it impossible for the Broncos to win football games. The issue has been the quarterback play has been simply put not good enough. And if the Broncos get, let's say quarterback play ranging from 19th to 26th ranked in the NFL this year, they can win football games, but the offensive line needs to not only be average, it needs to be a top 10 unit. And based on what we've heard from camp so far, and also with the Vikings yesterday, the offensive line has been struggling, not looking very good. Dalton Reisner has been getting beat up a bit. Lloyd Cushenberry looks okay. And the right tackle position has not been good at all. Um, obviously, it's very hard to have a quarterback independent team or offense specifically. If it was going to happen for the Broncos this year, the offensive line has to be a strength of that unit. They need to be able to dictate on the offensive front. And right now, that does not sound like that's going to be the case. And, and Nick, if I had a question about Peyton in going into this offseason, it wouldn't necessarily be, I wouldn't, you know, he's been getting bad grades for not taking fields. Fine. Whatever. Mine is you've got all this money and you got a question on the right tackle. Could you have done better? You know, there's you, why are you going to sit on $40 million in cap room and have a gap, a gap that you could have, could you have filled it in, in free agency? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not, but you know, you don't, you don't get a prize for having the most cap space. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is they had such a huge investment in Jawan James, who was going to be back this season. Mm -hmm. um, and then he got injured, you know, what is it? One week, two weeks after the draft. And if they would have known what they know now, um, they, uh, they probably would have done something differently. Maybe they trade up and take uh, Tevin Jenkins instead of trading. No, I, I wasn't after, after Jawan James was hurt. I wasn't sure. I, not even, I'm not even talking about draft. I'm talking about free agency. Yeah. You know, they worked out several guys. It just seemed like there were some more still available that could have upgraded the position would have been expensive, but you got money. So, yeah. you know, the expensive isn't the issue. You could afford the right guy, but what's the right guy there? That's, that was my question. I'd have to go back and look and see who all was available, but uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to stop gap in there. You want to solidify that when you got the money to do so, even if you overpay a guy for one season, fine, man, we're, yeah. you're going to have to stick around now. I mean, it's <laughs> sorry, mom and dad, everybody's coming in here. Absolutely. And uh, another takeaway yesterday, Jerry Judy was dominant. Um, he's looks like a budding star. Um, and I'm really excited to see him. Also, did you see the Teddy Bridgewater quote yesterday saying like he doesn't think that uh, Jerry Judy has ACLs based on his cuts? Um, so no, that's he's, got, he's, he's rubber legs, like a little flexible, huh? Yeah, God. Um, crazy man. Sometimes, how does he do that? Uh, but Justin Jarvis coming out with a $20 super and that orange, loving it. Uh, he says, so excited to see what Judy can do this year. I want him to turn into Wes Welker. Oh, man, think higher. Wes Welker was great, but he, you don't want Jerry Judy averaging like four yards average depth of target. You want a little bit more exposed. Think Antonio Brown without the off-field shenanigans. How about, how about Steve Smith, Carolina Panthers? Ooh, that's a good one. Think of, you know, six-foot-ish type of guys that were big players or, um, you know, they're they're out there. I mean, yeah. He's uh he's he's got some you know Steve Smith was really really good. Let's let's um, just make it Jerry Rice. There we go, Jeremy yeah, Shines. Yeah, I mean, let's let's sure. Jerry Rice. That Rice guy was all right. Wasn't he number one all time in the NFL 100 list? Like the best player ever in the NFL when they voted that. I don't I don't even. That's where I'd go. I mean, I, it's like we talk about wide receivers. I mean, my top two that come to my head immediately. Um, you know, for for my generation, you know, 80s and on, which is now a long time. Uh, Jerry Rice and Lawrence Taylor. Yep, those are I mean, those are the two. That, I think that's where I'd go. Um, but, uh, maybe Anthony Munoz as well, but I, that's because I love the offensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, um, we could, there, there's there, again, I don't, I don't argue levels of elite. We've talked yeah. about that. You know, you, there's You're great. There are 10 players you can name where you, you could say, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, it's saying it's, it's crazy how slept on this team is 
Justin, uh, until the Broncos quarterback position proves anybody wrong, that's that's sexy. You know, it's watch. Did you watch the Hall of Fame game? When your quarterback is bad, you didn't. Okay, well, God bless you because my eyeballs were bleeding with a bad quarterback play. <laughs> that's that's um, why. <laughs> um, and it's it's really just the the biggest factor there. And if the quarterbacks stop to be it developing in the league. Um, the NFL will probably go down the toilet. That's the, everybody's like, oh man, all this stuff that's going on in the NFL, it's going to shut down the league. If for some reason the quarterback play drops, the league is going to suck because that's the biggest thing that makes the quality well, of the product. We've talked about this. It'll change. It'll it'll yeah. change into more running, more runners because the passers are playing baseball. Yeah. The, 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 the six foot three, six foot six guys that are throwing fastballs, mm-hmm. they're making millions in MLB. What would yeah. what, what I count up? In the draft, there was... Like 40 pitchers taken in the first two rounds this year, all of them were six foot or above. You know, even if two of those guys were elite quarterbacks every year, it changes the dynamics of the league. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, so he says uh, he's the only Broncos fan in Northeast Pennsylvania. Go Broncos. And also, thanks for the content. Also, we have another $20 coming in here. Broncos Super From the closer. Super Always. Always the closer. Um, super sticker, $20 from Broncos 17 and 0. Thank you very much. Also seeing some comments about uh, from Willie saying the Minnesota, all the Minnesota reporters saying that Drew Locke won. Um, they, might be, they might be a little biased too. Yeah. You know? I haven't seen that at all. Um, I'm going to ask. They might be a little biased as well. So um, I'm going to ask my guy, Arif. He's well, what's works fun is we're going to get to, see, we're going to see it in, in game action and we're going to get to make our own decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, well, that's gonna... we'll all probably disagree still because it's, it's, it's not clear cut. It's I'm excited for the game. Cause then I can actually break it down multiple times. NFL game pass. I know that they're taking away the all 22 for a bit, which is crappy, but um, we're going to have to do it. Uh, we're going to have to do it. So um, yeah, somebody said, uh, follow two Vikings reporters on Twitter and they both picked lock <sighs> a reef headlock as well. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to bother a reef a little bit. Cause uh, we, we go back. He's been on the, Back when we were doing the podcast shows, I had a reef on multiple times to talk some Broncos stuff, Case Keenum, as well as uh, some Pat Shermer stuff. So um, reef's funny. But guys, that's going to have to do it for us. We're going to be back again next Tuesday morning. Uh, but this is Broncos for Breakfast. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. While you guys are over on Twitter, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, while you guys are also on your social medias, go to Facebook, click those thumbs up. If you're joining us today or the heart reacts, I see the hearts coming in here. Gary leads Palmer in the house as always, Jim Pilcher, Greg Smith, uh, Jason O'Neill. Oh, and my mother who must be watching right now in the other room. Uh, God bless you, mom. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, mom. Um, but join us today. Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Also, please join us at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott. Kennedy. Um, you guys also make sure you're following Scott's channel by clicking the link here that I'm posting right now. Go there. We're trying to get to Scott to a thousand followers by September. Um, I'm not sure. Hope hopefully we're we're approaching that, you know, slowly but surely. Um, so hopefully we'll get you there soon. We'll um, there. We also we'll have there. more stars coming in from uh Michael here. Great show today on Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you so much. Um and people are saying the Minnesota reporter said lock. So I'm gonna have to do a little more digging here on that, guys. I it's hearsay, right? At this point, I need to see it myself. So I'm really excited for the preseason yeah, game. I should have been from Missouri, you know, the show me state. You know, yes. I don't want to hear about it. Show me. Show me. <laughs> exactly. So did you run through did you run through all our, our contributors today? And while I was um, like spacing out and reading comments. Um, I have not yet, but uh let's get to it. We got Michael Ronquilos come in like three times here with the stars. Uh thank you so much, Michael. Michael's a real one, man. He's gonna hit us up on Twitter afterwards telling us it's a great show as well. Um and uh, 
I know it seems pretty trivial, but when I hear something like that, and if you go out of the way on your day to let me know that you enjoyed it or something specific, that actually does mean a lot to me because that way I know that I'm maybe I'm doing something right or somebody out there is getting some joy from this. So that means a lot. Um, thank you very much, Michael. We also got in the shop with Willie coming in three or four times, keeping us on our heels. Willie's been working now for four hours still because he just spent an hour hanging out with us. But that no, it's still giving you shit, Willie. Uh, love you, Travis Weber coming in multiple times as well. Thank you, Travis. We go way back. Um, Travis is a great guy. Uh, Malcolm Brown, thank you. Um, hope you're enjoying uh, Ogden, Kansas. Poppy, the show from the uh, the princess herself. Poppy, love you so cleanup much. Hitter. I'm going yeah. baseball. This is our lineup, and, and Poppy's our cleanup hitter. She's uh she's smacking in runs all the time. We we love her. Um, Gary Leeds Palmer also. God, he's he's batting leadoff most of the time. Today he was a little bit further down the lineup because he came in late, but that's okay. Um, Justin Jarvis also. Thank you so much, Justin. And then Broncos seventeen and zero. The uh, for doing baseball analysis, probably the closer there. But uh, we're going to have to close it out here, guys. Um, we appreciate y'all. But next time you're going to see Scott and myself, we're going to have some real-life football to talk about. Um, it's going to be great. I'll probably have watched the game like 10 times by then that we can break down. And I'm excited to really talk about some stuff that is we'll, – we'll get to quarterbacks, but please keep me on my heels there. If we get too long down the quarterback stuff, um, say, hey, clean it up, Nick. We, we got to talk offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, cornerbacks. How's that all breaking up? Um, but I love rookies. rookies. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, guys – Until then, we'll see you next time. Go Broncos.